Yo, I got this prank call. B in the bad boy, something up the deck. ODB, something late. Woocrest. Hey, big brother, drive a load on Trisha. Charlotte and Toya and a chick named Laura. Racks up the rack, they talk behind back. Stacks up the stack, they talk behind back. Now, boss is boss to the six, they quote, they fly and drive and trips for the rising. Big spending, truck living. Whoa! Yeah, welcome back to the Graffiti Talk Radio in conjunction with Hip Hop 101 Show, where we bring you stories about the artists and behind the music and much more. I am your host tonight, DJ Quest One, along with partners Bomber Clad. Where you at? Right here, homie. You know the deal. All right, Janky, where you at? I'm right here, homie. Fresh, what's the deal? Chill it, man. All right, today's guest is a member of the Brooklyn Zoo, along with good friends of the late old dirty bastard of the Wu Tang Clan. Welcome, Buddha Monk. How do 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 da? How you doing, man? <laughs> What's good, good everybody? What's going on, man? It's a pleasure to be on here with y'all, man. Well, welcome, you Buddha. Yeah, All right, Buddha. So, so, where were you born and raised, Buddha? I was born in I was born in New York City. Nah, you stop. <laughs> Brooklyn, bro. I'm I'm one of them Brooklyn dudes, man. I'm a Brooklyn dude to the day I die. You heard? Yeah, that's what's yeah. up, man. What inspired you to get into hip hop and pick up the microphone? My brother first and foremost. Well, I'm, before my brother, it was my mother. Because you know what used to kill me, you know, like when you, you know, when you get ready to get some good food, your mom's, I guess, you know, the night before she was in the room with a boyfriend, da da dee da da da, you know. Mm-hmm. So the next morning they want to get up and cook for the man, cook for the kids, and you know, my mom's would put on like, how could you mend a broken heart, love and happiness. When that song, them two songs came on, I knew I was getting yeah. banana pudding out the deal. You feel me? Al Green, right? You can't go wrong with Al Green. I already. You'd be like, woo, mama in the kitchen making banana pudding. How you know? Love and happiness. You don't see that song on? <laughs> you know, my mother's from Alabama. My mother's from Birmingham, Alabama. She left, like, when she was about 14 years old. She came up there, used to work, you know, cleaning people's houses and working in the hotels, fixing beds and stuff like that. She left at a young age, and, you know, she had us. Word up, word up. And when's the first time you met ODB? The first time I met ODB, the first time ever I saw his face. Uh, (laughs) The first time I saw him, we was, like, real young. He was living, like, on Putnam Avenue. I was on Franklin Avenue. And, um... I used to see see these kids keep getting chased out of the store, and I kept wondering, why are they getting chased out of the store? But then later on, they'd be on the corner singing. It's because they were going in there sticking beers and 40s and all that in their pants and take the guy's <laughs> stuff and come out and, and, and then go back to the corner later on at the store, closing and be singing and rapping. 
And so I used to go and hang out with them, and their parents was cool with my parents. I mm-hmm. found out later that my moms knew his moms, and they all did karaoke for years together, stuff like that, and then turned around. Um, one day I happened to go, and we was DJing. Um, I was DJing at a party, and I hadn't seen him for a while, but I was back on Franklin Avenue, and then he came up at his cousins in a party, and I didn't know he was his cousin, and I was DJing. He said, yo, you got a mic? And I gave him a mic. He started rapping. Oh. So the next thing you know, he like kind of like, yo, let me get the turntable. So he gave a turntable, so I, I let him DJ for a minute, and then I grabbed the mic and started rapping. He was like, yo, you rap now? It's like, yeah. And from there, it started getting crazy, you know. And then uh-huh. he came back. We missed each other for a year or two. He came back, and then he came back with the song After the Last Go on one side and Protect Your Neck on the other side before it even went to RCA Loud. And wow. I started playing it and giving it to DJs all in Brooklyn and Manhattan because, you know, I wasn't just a local DJ. I was playing everywhere, like Philly, different places uh-huh. like that. Before I, cause I, was, I was, like, one of the most highly requested DJs for like house music. I was doing like Kilimanjaro and all of that up in Manhattan and, and SOBs and all of that. I was one of the youngest DJs killing it. Wow. So, oh, wow. That, that's crazy. And you say you're from Brooklyn, right? What part of Brooklyn? I'm from Crown Heights, the, cent- the central of hell. Oh, wow. Okay, because like some of the Wu members like ODB, Jizza, Master Killer are from Brooklyn as well, right? And the rest are from Staten, you know, Shaolin. Right. So did right. you grow they up with them as well? Uh, I, grew, I knew them. I knew them, and Dirty used to hang out with them all the time, and that some of them was his family. But Dirty and them was more like over by Lewis Ave and all that. That's uh-huh. like that was like uh, Brownsville, East New York. And then um, I'm, I was in Crown Heights, and then you had you know like Bed Stuy. They uh-huh. they was like as their Bed Stuy. Some of the stuff that they would say where they were staying was like Bed Stuy and all that. So we would all just see each other most of the time when we went to the shampoo. Because I grew up. And I grew up as a Muslim. I never ate pork before. My mom's was Muslim, but my brother mm-hmm. was my brother was a five five percent of the righteous guards on earth. And we used to go to the show and prove a lot. And I would see them at the show and prove more. Mm-hmm. Word, word, word. So the early so that was the early days of the Wu Tang. Can you share any memories when you hanging out with them back in the days? Oh yeah, true. We 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 Beanie Studios, Chunking. Uh, one time we was, I'll tell you a funny story. One time we had, this is when Dirty was getting it popping, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. LL, that's, I don't know if y'all remember that song that Red Man and Method Man and them did with uh, LL Cool J, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So originally, Red Man and Meth wasn't supposed to be on that song. It was, uh, LL had originally sent it to Dirty, and we was at Chung King. And so Dirty was listening to the beat and he was writing to it. And um, uh-huh. I was like, yo, so what you going to do, Dirty? You going to do something to it? So he kept trying, he kept trying all night. So he said, you know what? The hell with this. And he started ripping the, um, the ripping the plaques off the wall. And they were LL. <laughs> I don't even like LL. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so you know why now? You know why Method Man and Red Man got on the song? Because Dirty ripped yeah. the plaques off the wall and chunked. I don't even like LL. You know what I'm saying? Dang, <laughs> man, that's he crazy. He didn't know what kind of rhyme he should do to it, but he likes LL. But at that moment, he was dead ass serious about Well, Sorry, I don't mean curse, but yeah, he was serious about it. Dang! And so, when the Enter Thirty Six Enter the Thirty Six Chambers was 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 create was being created, were you there in the process and um, 
you know, Rizzo doing the production and all that? Oh, yeah, of course I was. I was there for a lot of it. I was there I, when um, Dirty had introduced me. Because uh-huh. Dirty, one day, after after I started playing the, the song everywhere and they started, they got the deal, we finally got it with RCL. Dirty brought me with him to the studio. And he was asking Rizzo. Rizzo was asking him a question about one of the songs or something. And um, Dirty asked me, what did I think? And, and I said what I thought. And Rizzo, I guess he, he kind of felt like what I said. He was like, yo, who's this dude? And Dirty's like, that's my partner. That's who's going to be with me from now on all the time. And so Rizzo's uh-huh. like, so what did you say? So then Rizzo's like, oh, what did you think about it? And I said, I think you should do this one instead of that one because this one is going to play on the radio more. Eventually, they don't never listen to some of what people say sometimes, and the mm-hmm. songs that I did pick wind up becoming like Funkmaster Flex, and I would flip the record over and play that one as the fuck, as the main song. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, so it went down like that a lot of times. But you know, you know, if you get a lot, you get a bunch of great minds in the room. You know, it's, it's kind of hard for you to say, hey, I think this is going to be it. I think that's going to be it. But I was a DJ, and I'm trying to explain to him. Listen, I DJ for years. I am what moves the crowd in when there is a crowd. So I know that this particular song here will move the people in the club. So, Damn. So, I mean, because, you know, the, the the whole thing with hip-hop now is, like, it's just rap, but it's not just rap. You know, you got DJing is one of them. It's four elements, DJing, rap, graffiti, and, and b-boying. And, you know, oh, the oh, DJs oh. Was the, were, were the, you know, were the party people in the beginning. Right. That's and I'm just glad that people stopped. I'm just glad that people got out of their mind that hip hop is dead. Hip hop is mm-hmm. not dead. Hip hop no. is not dead. Hip hop, hip hop, hip hop no longer has one category, and that's how mm-hmm. we gotta look at it nowadays. You can't, you can't say what these kids doing today is not rap. You understand? It's just not your kind of rap. You understand what I'm saying? I don't like the point where people be like, oh, man, I don't really like that. It's just that the only thing I don't like is that they disrespecting women on the songs and mm-hmm. everybody's running around with their pants down and hanging, holding their pants like they got something. But when you see them in the show, they're grabbing it so tight, it looks like there's nothing there. And I'm like, listen, uh, you could have won this talent show, but the reason why you lost is because you want to run around here with your pants hanging down and grabbing your balls and everything. You ain't uh-huh. grabbing your balls. You're grabbing a pinch of your pants, and you're not even doing the song right. And that, and you're just thinking that you look good, and the girls, you're going home with a girl tonight. All the misconcepts of what the rap is about in that is why hip-hop was at a state, was at a crisis. But now people are getting a little bit more fashionist with it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think niggas should be walking around with dresses on and all that, you know. Like, yeah, I just think that we got to be careful because it's getting back to the point where we do the song this way and the next thing you know, they get a couple of, you get a couple of Caucasians to sing the song differently and it becomes a major hit and nobody didn't put the money behind our song the way it should have because we was just thinking, okay, we, we, we did a good job. We got only a hundred to 200,000 plays and 200,000 mm-hmm. bought the record instead of saying, no, we can turn this song into a techno song. We could turn this song into uh, a major song for like a football field or something. So we got to start taking our vocals and our stuff that we did and revamp it and do it over ourselves instead of just thinking one way. Now we got to change our, our music dimensionally and put it into three or four different categories of music. 
Right, right. And so, that's so like when you were four albums, that, that's like making four albums. That's like making right. four albums, and and each one, of, like you make an album for hip hop, but then you make one that's tech music, which techno music with your words, and another one with you know drum and bass, and another one with you know whatever. You know, we just gotta expand our mind frames. Right, right. And so, when the thirty six was being created, how was RZA on production? Oh, RZA was crazy because. It was difficult, and I'm going to tell you why, and I've, I've watched. RZA, mm-hmm. when RZA does a beat, he puts, like, 22 different instruments into it. And wow. Wow. Certain, certain, certain elements, certain elements, like, he knows where, how he really wants to beat, but sometimes in order to get an artist to rap a certain way, what he would do, he would put a certain element that Jizzle would like. So Jizzle would do his part of the verse the way he liked it. Then he would take that element off when another person come in, Raekwon come in, he'll put the beat this way or the way Raekwon like it. Then he realizes that, okay, he had to put all these different elements in it. And so now you notice sometimes when he's doing a track, it starts off one way and then all of a sudden it gets a quick breakdown into something else. And then Raekwon and one of them will start rapping in that part. And then it'll go back to the beat where, well, you got like this part. So now you got raps like that. So it's like you got, Nine, nine to 11 of the artists, um, the, the illest MCs, but all of them like a certain part of the beat. But now you got to make elements that each one of them are comfortable in, and people can enjoy the transition of the song changing up. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It was difficult then. It's not like that now. Now everybody mm-hmm. just drops something on the track and, and it's all good. You ain't even got to say nothing. You know? Right. Back then, we was we was critique we was critique for our style. Not only that, we wasn't critique mm-hmm. just for our style. They didn't even want us to curse. They let people curse online now. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They didn't have yeah. that opportunity, so it was much harder for us now. But these kids that's doing this rap stuff now, they're not appreciating. They just getting that money, opening up state, they invested in some other businesses, and they don't care if they don't do another song. Which we should have done the same thing, but but we don't want our kids that's growing up to come into a culture that is not right for them to put their kids through and their kids and their kids because no matter what, music is infinite. It'll always be here as long as you got internet and they don't totally just bomb, they wipe out where they lose everything on the line. We'll always be we'll be here forever. Uh Word up, yes sir. And so did Rizzo show you how to produce Buddha? Oh no, nah, nah, um, no! Um, my first about? my first machine was with a Sonic, and then they had the Sonic 16 Plus, and then I had the ASR 10. The Sonic I was taught by, with the Sonic by my cousin Marcus Logan, who actually did the first beat with me for my first song, which was "Got to Like Come On Through." We actually the song was actually mm-hmm. a big major song on the um, yeah the movie. soundtrack, the big hit, the big hit, yeah. yeah. The, Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So my cousin Marcus Logan actually produced that. He was actually the one who produced the beat for Dad's Effects. They put the wrong name on it, but my cousin was actually the one who produced the beat. They won Effects. Oh, Word up! And so that and that's the album, the first album, the Prophecy, right? And right. Uh, I like the I like my favorite track is War Chiefs, man. You guys just bugging out on that track. How'd that happen? And and what's your favorite song on that album? That song. That song happened. Um, Warriors Chief just happened because it was, it was like one day I went to uh, to a studio in Lower Manhattan. It was over the over Rizzo's Rizzo's master who teaches him kung fu and everything. And um, 
um, Sylvia Ramon and them was at, at the studio with them. So I had got my deal with Edel, and we went down to the studio. We had the man shoes there. We had some of the suit ninjas there. So I had all these dudes ready to get on this album that night. So I made the beat. Warriors Chief beat was made by me. Oh, Warriors. Um, yeah, because you produced most of the album, right? You produced most right, of it. Right. Mm-hmm. I produced most of the album. And so me and my cousin Marcus Logan, so... um which I call him North Star. So um, at the time, we went into the studio and we had the beat. I'm the, and I had watched that movie. I'm the Warriors Chief. I'm the Warriors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when I when I when I when I had that, and then I just started playing. Dum, dum, and then I was like, you know <laughs> yeah. what? Everybody's like, oh, Buddha, let me get on this joint. So it's like, All right, <laughs> yeah. I said, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna let everybody spit a rhyme. If you if your rhyme don't make it. If I don't tell another person to come in and spit behind you, then that means you're getting cut. And so I let all, each artist go, and everybody was trying to battle to make sure that they stay on this song. By the time we got mm-hmm. finished with the song, it was such a big hit. I just left it the way oh, it was, man. and I was like, mix it, yeah, master it, print it up. I, I said, I don't want to, I don't want to add too much echo into this stuff. None of that. I just wanted to stay raw like this. And and we yeah. did another one. We did another one that they wouldn't let go on there. And if you look online, you can check it. It's called Six Swordsmen. So oh, that night, we did two. We did two songs that night. We did Warriors oh. Chief and did, did Six Six Swordsmen. So some of the ones that made Warriors Chief didn't get on the Six Swordsmen joint. Oh wow. wow. Yeah, because Master Killer's on that track, right? Master is on there. Um, Dutch Master Killer, Dutch, oh, Dutch, Dutch Master, Dutch Master Killer is from the Brooklyn Zoo. Okay, okay. okay. And and Master Killer is from Wu Tang, which he came Wu-Tang. in later. Yeah, which he came in later because they grabbed him. He Master Killer was a crazy dude back then. They got him off the street before things could get bad, and he he did music with them. But the God, I love the God. You know, he's one of the dopest. I like I like the way Master Killer raps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, he has his own style. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he has his own style. But so the my favorite song out there was my favorite song on that on that album was um I would have to say. I think one of my favorite was Smiling Faces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, also, um, Art of War was my joint, and um, I like the one that me and Papa, we, me and Papa Wu did as the intro, to, as the as the um, the ending to the to the album and stuff. When I was doing the the a lot of chanting, and he was doing the, mm-hmm. um, breaking the knowledge of the Buddha, you know. Yeah, the yeah. Tw- me being the twenty fourth scientist, they didn't want they didn't want everybody to know that Buddha was here. Buddha was here before Jesus Christ, but they wanted everybody yeah. to think that it all started from the point of Jesus Christ, you know, being on the earth and 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 and, and going out and talking to the children and everything. But actually, the Buddha was here before that. So you know that's right. that's history that they don't want us to know and want people to yeah. know. It's it's stashed away. And so, how did Brooklyn yeah. Zoo form? How'd that happen? Brooklyn Zoo formed before I got on. They were already rapping, drinking, stealing 40s from the corner and putting that stuff together. It just mm-hmm. happened so that me and Dirty had a bigger bond, you know, because, like, I knew him from a young age. Like, we grew up, we went to a couple of schools together, we did some different things together in the street as friends mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, like, we would, we would, we would just, like, 
when he got the deal, we would get in his Sundance car and have, like, uh, he had a Burgundy Sundance, and we would have, like, 2440s in the back in a cooler, and we would go to these shows where they were only getting $50 per person, you know, to perform uh-huh. when they first started off, and Mook, Mook was the manager. So, uh-huh. you know, like, like, it was it was it was it was a toss up because they was already doing a Brooklyn Zoo thing, but then Dirty wanted me to bring bring me in because when he got with me the last time and he heard me rhyme, he knew I was good enough to be a part of his group and he was putting it together. So he had them, but I wound up becoming the general of the Brooklyn Zoo because I wound up being not only just a producer. I would tell mm-hmm. niggas, yo, you shouldn't rap like that. You should do this. You should do that. And then at first, everybody didn't agree with it. But then all of a sudden, when everybody saw my talents and everything, and Dirty can leave the studio for two, three days, and I'm recording and mixing. The, mix. He's got his vocals done, and I'm mixing his whole entire album, putting all the sound effects in. All he doing, he at the hotel, drinking and smoking and chilling with chicks and everything. Like, yeah, yeah, so that sounds nice. And just do this, and you're good. I'll talk to you later. Oh, like, stop. I don't, um, <laughs> stop. Stop by, yeah. stop by the um. He would stop by the studio, put a couple of G's in my pocket, and leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, yo, uh, man, hey, you remember me here to do all your work? That's what you're here for. You get paid for it, right? I'll see you later. You know, <laughs> he was just uh, like, uh, that, you know, uh, but but <laughs> it, that was ill because he gave me he gave me the power to. Rizzo wasn't really here. Him and Rizzo would talk about the album, but me and Dirty was actually the two who put his whole album returned to the 36 chambers together and we got nominated a grammy for it you understand wow. what I'm saying? yeah that, so that's that, when he was at the awards at the awards right i remember no that, that yeah. was that's that's when he was at he was there for the wu-tang thing then the, oh. the, 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 uh two years before that we had and me and dirty got nominated a grammy when he was at tom warner for the his oh, okay. album returned to the 36 chambers he didn't win but he got nominated that was big enough that's what made them want to get more albums from him you know so yeah yeah, bro see that's what i'm saying the history is crazy like i've been there i've been in the spots where it matters most but i'm humble i'm not like one of those guys that you normally you know to get on the show and it sound like yeah so you know just be checking for my new record Uh, it's gonna be killing you you know this and that nah i don't do that you know that's 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 Mm -hmm. not hip-hop that's 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 some self-bigot stuff a person do you know i'm 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 like i'm humble at all times and if you really want to create good music and you really want to get the message out to people you got to be humble to the society because now you get to really embrace what they're talking about and add it to your music and that's what makes you a different artist than most others so were you there were you there on the first time odb appeared on mtv raps and what was the experience like if you were there yeah yeah i was there the whole i was there for the otv raps it was me him and lover and Dr. Uh, Dr. Dre. Yeah, it was Dr. Dre and the yeah. other guy. What was the other guy, the other black guy that they had with them? It was three of them on the show. But anyway, um, um, yeah, I was there, and I was sitting in the chair right next to that lover, and that lover kept saying, yo, I, Booty, you don't even know what Dirty said, but, but he said something, but we're going to go back to uh, we're going to go to a commercial and come back. Dirty was funny, bro. Dirty had been high <laughs> to, Dirty had <laughs> Dirty had been high the night before, and he was serious when he told. Me. He was like, "What you for? You you um." He, they said to him, "What you just was um, 
He said, what, you was tired? He said, nah, man, I was just up all night getting nice. And, like, everybody <laughs> in that show, bro, we actually, everybody actually did fall off the chairs. I tried, if you look at the video, you'll see that I tried not to laugh because I knew what, I, I didn't believe, like, for me, getting uh-huh. into the game and with one of the greatest entertainers of all time, and him say that right there, I tried not to laugh, but at the same time I said, what did this guy just do? He just told the world he was in his hotel room getting nice all day, and I tried to turn my head and laugh a little bit and hope the camera didn't catch it, but they caught me, you know? So but he was really, that's what he did. I didn't even see him. I just got a phone call that there was a limo outside for me to meet him at Yo! TV Raps. Wow. <laughs> like, we're going, right, let's be. go. That's how it would be. 106 Park. We're not together. Yo, where you at? I'm over here. All right, look, I'm jumping in the car right now. I'm sending you a car. Meet me there. They, do not do not let them, do not let that car pull off without you not in that car. That, that's how it would be. And then there was times, oh, yo, we got to go to the airport. Okay, where you at? Yo, I ain't going to make it to you in time. So just take, they, they send in the car service so that you can be at the airport. Already got all of the tickets ready, and Dirty just going to run to the airport door. See, because Dirty was always late. So I would have mm-hmm. to go two hours early, get the tickets and everything prepped, and be waiting for him with the ticket like this in my hand so he could run to the door and get on the plane. <laughs> oh, damn. Like, I could, so everybody was... else was already on the plane. We had I had to wait to get on the plane until Dirty get on. <laughs> damn. Fashionably, they Fashionably. <laughs> wow. Damn, and so, so how, how was the shows back then, Buddha, with Wu-Tang? You toured with them. You know, I heard there was always fights and riots going on back in the days when y'all just get nah, hyped bro, up. Nah, bro, it was definitely. There was a lot of more broken columns on the back on the backstage instead of fights, bro. The fights, the fights was there were a lot of fights. But let me tell you, a lot uh-huh. of the fights. There were a lot uh-huh. of fights because you was dealing here. Here you dealing with people that's 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 righteous. They number one, their families uh-huh. don't eat pork. They Muslim. I mean, uh-huh. some of them Muslims, some of them God bodies, some of them Israelites, and everybody's back here enjoying themselves. But here it is, you these guys who are working for these people at these venues, they come back there and they talk to people like they're animals. Like, yo, y'all, y- y'all can't hurry. Y'all better hurry up, man. Otherwise, man, we gonna have to start sending some of y'all up out of here. You know, talking to us like they kids. So now everybody's like, bro, you didn't give uh, us a warning. Uh, this is. Your- this is our first warning, and you coming in here talking to us like, yo, like everybody's in your kids. Brother, I'm a grown-ass man. Watch your mouth when you talk to me. And so some of these dudes would play, and then the next security guards would come, and before you can say, hey, everybody stop and let's just think about it, one of them niggas say something out of their mouth, and all of a sudden there's fights everywhere. And you, all you can hear is Dirty say, get him! Get him off! You know? <laughs> so, you know, so, so you know what's Dirty yeah. Once Dirty said that, it's on. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, no, it's no taking it back. And you know, mm-hmm. him and Ghost is like, him and Ghost, even though Ray Kwan and Ghost is the Bonnie and Clyde on hip hop, Dirty yeah. and Ghost was like the, 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 the Ghost, when Ghost seen me come to the door, yo, with Dirty at? He right there, right? All right. And him and Dirty hang out in the back. You know, so uh, when a fight took off and you heard Dirty say, get him, you just see ghosts running and start punching people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. It was- it was like that, bro. It was like that. Like, yo, bro, I, bro, I don't seen some stuff, man. That, yo, it's crazy. I could tell you a story real quick that will just make you lose your mind in two minutes. You will lose your mind, bro. Like how yeah. the, I got the the highest I ever been in my life. Right. Wow. Right, the right, highest. Right. 
I went <laughs> I went with Method Man and I went with Method Man and them to the Bronx. We was going to uh the the, the you know the, the not the cotton club, but the the one that's up in the Bronx that everybody anyway, we was going to do a show. So Mook and all of them was in the car talking about, yo, the, you know, certain dudes up there might they might want to start some trouble. So now Method is Meth saying, Boo, you never get high with me. It's my birthday. I'm like, okay, it's your birthday, so we're going to smoke some weed for your birthday. But I think one of the niggas that rolled it up that put some, put some, something, something, some, um, leak, leak in it. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm smoking, right? But I said, this don't smell good, so I give it back to them. So I hear yeah, niggas yeah. in the, I hear everybody behind me laughing, like laughing. <laughs> so now I'm looking at the road and I'm saying, damn, I'm getting high. All of a sudden, this one yellow line went from short to super long. Like it went so, my eyes were sharp, but the line was like 10 miles away and I could see the ending of this line, of this yellow line that was in front of the car. So now I'm stuck in my seat and I hear them talking about how everybody got to stick together, don't separate, it's going to be this and that. And I'm saying, oh God, I'm high, I'm, I'm going to die tonight. I don't know what the hell they done gave me, what kind of weed is this? I found out later it wasn't what it was. And finally, when we got there, I think I, think I just started coming down off it, but I was we, I knew I had to get on stage and perform songs with Dirty, so now oh, I'm performing with Dirty, dang. but I'm looking at everybody in the stage, and then I get off. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's what my, it became my first experience because I got off and started rapping in the crowd, but as I'm rapping in the crowd, I'm touching everybody's waist to make sure they ain't got no guns. So you were paranoid. <laughs> I was paranoid, but everybody was loving that I got off, and the people grabbing you like, oh, okay, I'm touching Yeah, yeah, my, my man, what's good? Yo, yo. I'm laughing, and I'm touching them. I'm touching them like, okay, we clear. There ain't no guns down there. I got back on stage with Dirty on them. I said, ain't no guns down there. They said, how you know that? I said, because I touched everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Experience with that. That was the first bad experience and last experience because I was never. I'm not. I'm not like that. Like my thing is Hennessy, and back in the days was eat um forty um um all forty old English old English yeah yeah you know if I couldn't if I couldn't get the old English the closest thing to going crazy was getting some Saint eyes you know uh, so, yeah right, I remember right. that I remember the Saint eyes yeah, what year so, was that Buddha that that you were wilding out like that when you got mm-hmm. high. 19, I would say it was, no, that that fight had actually took off in like 98, just before, 97, 97 that fight took off. That was 97. And I never got high before because I don't like smoking weed or nothing. I get paranoid. So it right. was like, there was something else in that weed, bro. And I, yeah, yeah. when I saw, when I saw meth the next time, I said, yo, I'll never smoke with you again. And guess what? I have never smoked with meth in them again, ever. Ever. Wow. Red, man, Red Man saw me a couple of months ago in Europe, and he was like, what you doing here? I said, the same thing you doing here, knuckle. Right? And so he was, like, <laughs> he was like, you want to smoke with me? I was like, Red, I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. I went and watched the show from the outside, bro. I'm not saying that kid smoking with you. Hell no. Oh, man. yeah. I heard Red Man. Not I heard Red Man's a big smoker. Him and Matt, big smokers. You know, I'm, 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 like uh, we, we, I'm in Massachusetts, and so you know, you get medical, you can do medical weed out here. You got a medical license, so right. like all, all my people that I hang out with, they're growers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so 
when we went to the show, when we went to the show in Connecticut that they did, like my boys and this, they gave, they practically gave him almost a pound of everything. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. he had, he had a truck, he had a truck, uh, uh, a Cadillac truck full of all different kinds of weed, and yo, he was just smoking and edibles and all that stuff. And I'm looking at this dude like, yo, that's a hundred and twenty milligram cookie right there, man. Be careful. And he's like, oh, what? He said, so what? hundred and twenty dude, one hundred and twenty supposed to do to me already having an eighteen hundred one last night? I'm like, oh man, so never leave you alone. I'm done, Red. I'm done. I'm done. You. I'm done, Red. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Like, oh, what you smoking, man? Oh, this this weed right here is called green crack, my dude. A green crack, crack. Anything called <laughs> you can keep it. I don't want it. You know. Right. <laughs> Word. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Buddha, you made a lot of projects on Chamber Music Records. How'd you right. hook up with G. Clev from uh, Soul Kid Clack, or Soul Kid Click? It's crazy. It's crazy because the way that went down was big shout out to Chamber Music and Z Clef and Maui and all of them. Um, back in the days, Clef had just start, was starting to hook up this radio station, and my man Raheem, my boy Raheem, had knew him, but Clef was like starting it up, and he had a couple of artists on there, and he was doing stuff with them. But it, the, the scale was starting to climb as. As I got with him, it was like more of a partnership. I wasn't just like an artist. So I, w- I wasn't just like an artist with him. I was more, mm-hmm. yo, I'm going to call you. Hold on, y'all. I'm going to call you back. Right. I'm on a radio show right now. All right. I'll hit you back. Yeah, so I'll hit you back. It's all right. I'll hit you back. I got to stay on the phone. All right, so. Fucking bitch. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah, no, everybody. Man. But yo, yeah, because I'm I'm telling you, I gotta get off the phone. And you saying playing stupid ass the phone, you know? Um, <laughs> but anyway, so like I went class. I'm chilling and everything, and, and, and Raheem brought me there. So Clef started playing a couple of the people's joints, and I think he at the time he only had, um, I think he may have just had a couple of songs of, of Don Pacino, and I was like, yo, that's dope, but, yo, I got something for you to hear, Clef. So I played a couple of joints for Clef, and Clef was like, yo, bro, like Buddha, man, where you been with all of this music? I said, yo, I've just been putting it all together, and I just wanted to make sure when I put it out, you know, I didn't want right. to deal with labels and the labels, labels, you know, get get all this, and I don't get nothing off it. Right. So me and Clef decided we was gonna start together. We was gonna build a radio station up. I started becoming like a spokes spokes spokesman on there for him, and you know, going online and doing all of the blogging and everything. And 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 Europe was fiending to get replies from me. So Europe was starting to send stuff and he would send me all the emails and I would send it back. Then he gave me my own chamber music box to, to, to reply to everybody because I was over flooding the email right. um, section that he Damn. had for chamber music. Yeah. So wow. I had my own blog and an email spot and then he gave me my own account and he set up my website. And the next thing you know, me and Clef just started putting CDs together and they was just selling like hotcakes. And by the time we had revisited uh, we had revisited the prophecy. I wound up going and staying in Europe for five years because Clef had put the album back out. Wow. And I, I know that. Dope. I toured for five years. I didn't come back to the U.S. for five years. They were looking. The government was looking for me, not to, to arrest me or nothing, but they just wondered. <laughs> I had disappeared off the map, and all they kept seeing yeah, was yeah. that 
you know, they was getting stamps saying I was in this city in Europe and this city. Like, what is this guy out there doing? And he's doing all that. When I finally came back, they held me in a bullpen room for a minute, and then the guy came and he stamped the paper again. He said, welcome back to America. We've been looking for you forever. I said, well, I don't owe y'all nothing, so I don't know what y'all looking for me for. Y'all don't know how to leave a man that don't owe you nothing alone? You know? <laughs> Damn. Wow. Was this, was this, was this after um, ODB passed? Yeah. Was it, um... Um, when he had passed, everybody had, like, it's okay. I sat in the back because a lot of stuff that was being said and was being done, I didn't like it. But, like, what really tore me apart was, like, the part where they had put the video screen in the church and they was going back and forth on the video screen with him performing. And then they, at the like, the last 15 minutes of it was just me and Dirty going back and forth. Like, they made it to show that it was a boot among an O3B affair on the stage. Because Risen, they had stuff with him and Risen, all of them, but the most... Mm-hmm. Most of it, the most of the, the the shots that was made for the screen was me and Dirty going back and forth, and it kind of like it ripped me, because then mm-hmm. right there, yeah. and right there and then I knew like everybody's gonna be coming to me, mad people gonna want to talk to me about different things, and I'm not, I don't think I'm prepared for that because I think for them it was all of a sudden I started seeing shirts go up and everybody wanted to sell stuff, and I didn't want to be a part of that. I, I needed to heal that I just lost my brother. So, yeah, yeah. Um, my girl, me and my girl, we was okay. We wasn't all right, all right. But I wanted to make sure, you know, like they still have a good life. So while I'm in Europe, I go to Europe. I'm sending her money every day, every day, all this stuff. I come to find out from Mars, she was planning on trying to divorce me and this and that. But yeah, because you know, you know, you you spending money, and I'm I'm yeah. starting to wonder like how come everything is not done the way it's supposed to. So I wind wind up staying out there for five years, sending dough and everything home, and then all of a sudden, bro, I broke my leg out there. I was making a hit. I broke my leg making a hit. I was oh, working wow, with this, this this I was working with this girl called Armadilla. Her sister is like does like mad music out there, and I was in the studio writing for the song that she had. She wanted me to write to, so she I could sing it, sing it for her, and um, because I, I sing, so I sung the song for her. I broke, and I'm um, coming out of the thing. They had like wooden ramps. They never had like steps and all that stuff. They used like wooden slide ramps, but it was raining that night, and I slipped and snapped my leg. And so I wound up had to stay out there for six more months because they said the the pressure of the plane might make my leg swell up and snap more if I get on the plane right away. So I wound up, that's why I wound up staying five and more. And then I wound up staying another two years. So I did seven out there and then wound up coming back here. Wow. I met this this girl and she kidnapped me and brought me to Worcester and I ain't been back to New York since. Uh, (laughs) Ah, yeah. So, so rewinding uh, Buddha with uh, ODB when he signed the deal with with Dame Dash, was that you know because I know that uh, what other labels trying to sign him at that point or when he had just got out, how did that go? Sure. When you were there, a lot of things went wrong with that. A lot of things went wrong. The first thing was everybody faked it like it was up. To, they was the ones who actually got dirty out of jail. It was me who got him out of jail, first of all and foremost, because I'm getting tired of everybody I'm getting tired of everybody telling the story and don't tell the truth. Jared was hitting me while I was in Europe and Jared wanted to get in touch with them to try to help get dirty out of jail. So mm-hmm. I kept I kept Jared on cool for a while to get to know him before I bring him to the family because I know you bring a stranger to the family and it's not right. They 
Dick's family mm-hmm. will crucify you for doing something stupid and bringing somebody amongst them. So yeah. finally, I introduced Jared to mommy, and and at first I introduced him to Dirty, but then me and him went to go to see Dirty, but we got snowed in at my boy's house in Albany. We was on our way to go see him, and we when we got there, they wouldn't let us get in to see him. So we had to stay at my boy's house for another day because we got snowed in for two days in Albany, heading up to go see Dirty at the jail. So Jared went back, and I introduced Jared to Mommy, and then he had a meeting with Mommy, and next thing you know, he stopped calling me and went and, and started calling Mommy, and him and Mommy and him started going up there to do the paperwork to get him out of the jail. Wow. That's <laughs> right. See that so, I heard a lot of a lot of stuff of speculation that it was that Dane got him out and the other, you know, like yeah. Nah. All Dane did was Dane Dirty wanted to Dirty wanted to come out with a new deal, so he left. He didn't leave Risenum, but he came out he came out with the idea that he didn't want to be just Wu Tang. He wanted to have his own stuff focused and and because he know he wasn't gonna be with Sylvia Romanum no more, which was on on W um on Warner Brother. So he wound up talking to Damon Dash. Damon Dash was cool with it, but Damon Dash was like, yo, we don't just want him to come home. We're going to give him this chain, like like how, how Benny Siegel and all them got. Not like the other little Rockefeller guys that came out. He had one of the big ones like Jay-Z and all of them. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, him and Mariah had a good, good relationship. So we, Mariah met them. At, um, we had went upstairs and got him and came down with him and walked him to the car, and Mariah was sitting in the car. They made it seem like she walked in and grabbed him and hugged him and was standing there. She didn't never even get out the car. She waited for him and opened it. He opened up the door, and she was inside the car, and he hugged her and got out. That's it. See, so, so they made that shit bigger than what it was. Right, right. So, like, I, I also heard. I also, oh, go ahead. What were we saying? So, Damon Dash... Mm-hmm. Damon Dash wanted to do a press release saying, like, we're going to show you that Dirty's capable of doing another album. We wanted to do a song in the next 24 hours. And so they had this beat. They gave Dirty. We went to we went to, um, to um we went to Rockefeller. We got the beat. We went in. We went in another room. We got about me and him both got about ten to twenty thousand dollars worth of clothes. We bounced. And then um, he went home. And the next morning. The, the, this is where the where all the garbage started playing. Where they thought they grabbed him and took him to the studio without me. So now Dirty's in the studio and they're like trying to do these songs and they're saying, well, he's not hitting it yet, but he wound up doing that one particular song and getting it done. So now the next couple of songs they wanted him to do to show that he was going to have have his album done, he couldn't hit it like he wanted to. Then everybody was trying to figure out why he couldn't get it. What he did, and then Everybody's like, we know what the problem is. And then um, Jared said, yeah, I know what the problem is, too. I'm about to fix it right now. Then that's when Dirty and Jared came to the house and got me and brought me to the studio. And that's when I went with him. And y'all could see in that video when I told him, listen, they don't want to hear you sound like 50 Cent. They, they, want, the, they want the old Dirty Bastard back. And don't say it like right. this, do this. And, uh, never do this up. You know, like do all of the, the yeah. swerving and everything, what made you raw. Yeah. You know, get back, get back to what you was on Protect Your Neck and you got everybody in. Again. And so we went back in and did all of the vocals over, and then he wound up giving him the album. But because of him dying and all the other stuff, it kind of like hurt hurt of this album coming out that he wanted to do. So they released certain joints here, they're like Cold Blooded, this and that and that. Mm-hmm. But they never put out a full album on on Rockefeller. By that time, David Dash started going through some 
technicalities mm-hmm. with stuff too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, so. right. Yeah, so so when ODB, when I heard he was snatched mics from uh, the Roots, Lost Boys, even Dougie Fresh, he was jumping in and just get the, the mic from them. Was that true? From who, the Roots? Yeah. Dirty don't snatch the mic. Dirty don't snatch the mic from a lot of people, bro. <laughs> dirty don't, dirty, no, yo, if I give you this funniest one right now, you will never be here. I, I know y'all heard of the Palladium. That was yep. like yeah. one of the main clubs in in in, in Manhattan. And right. one time, one time, um, Method Man and Red Man was performing or something, and Dirty wanted to get on the mic and rock with them at the show, and they they, they was they was fronting on him. They didn't, I guess he, they didn't want to do it, or he, they like they was just into their show. So while the Method Man was performing, Dirty just runs up real quick, looks at the DJ set, flips the whole DJ set, and then walks back off the stage. Yo, <laughs> the crowd was going so crazy because they were killing it, but they went even crazier when Dirty flipped the turntables. He had to buy them back, of course. You know, you, you ain't getting away with that, baby. You're going to pay for these turntables. But it was a, it was an ill moment. And it wasn't to disrespect Red Man or Red Man or Method Man. It was just Dirty being dirty. Like, this, like come on. He went to the awards and, 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 and just was like, yo, Erica Badu is getting ready to pass an award and you stopped the music, hold on, everybody calm down, calm down, please. You know, like, right, right, what right. happened? Like, did somebody just do something dirty? Nah, man, Wu-Tang is for the baby. Oh, my God. No, this dude didn't just do this on national television. Uh, what's wrong with him? You know? You know, right. it was just like the thing when he went and did, he got the record deal and then and showed him and his girl and them going to get food stamps. Now, we out in yeah. Europe, we yeah, in Germany, yeah, yeah. We're in Germany performing, and the president is saying, this is why we need to stop everybody on food stamps because of him, old dirty bad. Me and him are sitting in the hotel room, and here, here's where it begins that the, he thinks the government is coming after him because the, the, the president of the United States has said his name. It was a rap. It was a rap, bro. It was a rap. <laughs> you know, and from that moment, you had to thank the government after you every day because, yo, they actually showed him going to get his food stamps and then switched it over to Bush saying, um, not, 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 um, the old, the, the, the son Bush, the first Bush, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, this is why America is this and that because of old, you know, people like old dirty bastards <laughs> taking the government. <laughs> and he, we're sitting in Germany hearing them say this and we get ready to go perform at a show. This nigga dirty is getting paranoid like hell because now he, <laughs> done, he, he said, damn, we shouldn't have, you know, but he was just trying to show people like, yo, and the way he said it was, the last way they quoted him was like, yo, if it's free money, you can get it, get it while it's good and then they say see now this is the point reason why and dirty just looked at me like we're in trouble i'm like no we're not yeah, you said damn. it you i'm like you said it and i wasn't in the car when you said it and they didn't have me in the camera they had you in the camera i told you not to do that you know yeah yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong dirty wouldn't listen to nobody but me or rizza but there was moments dirty they didn't listen to nobody word, word. And and, wow. and and 
I'm telling you, bro, there's times where we was on the highway and everybody got their own car. We all got new cars. Dirty got his Mercedes Benz. I got my my I got my suburban truck and all of a sudden dirty flying and when I hit the curve where they was at, the car's wrapped around the pole. Everybody says safe niggas done got out the car and I'm driving past them playing this is for the love of the new and they're sitting there all waiting to get in my car because he done crashed his car and just left the car there. We out. We out, bro. Damn. Like there's so many different things, bro, that I could tell you that, like, uh, I didn't even put, I put everything crazy in the book that I could remember. You know, I got a book in the stores everywhere. Right, yeah, right. The, 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 dirty, the dirty, dirty version. Right. The yeah, dirty right. version, yeah. Right, so the dirty version, it's in mostly Barnes and Noble stores. You can get it on eBay. You can get it on, You can, I, well, well, you can get it, you can even go Actually, I got to deal with Harper Collins. There was three other book people trying to sign me, but they was trying to do it for like three thousand, seven thousand, you know, because they said, "Oh, books don't sell like that." But Harper Collins, like, what? Are you crazy? So Harper Collins put up over over a hundred some odd grand for it. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, I want. It was like, yo, I want to captivate this book, and you know, took us, made me do a little tour, do it with this little dude named. Um, I met this professor at a cottage. Um, Ryder College in Jersey and one day I went out there to go speak to the kids and he came up to me he came up to me and was like uh, yo so can we go out to dinner I'm like you gay or something because yo bro I don't play that you know <laughs> you, don't up on me or something, you know like that I don't have problem with gay people but if you gay what you want to take me to dinner for it's like nah man because you know you came and did this with the kids I want to show you a good time in my town alright we'll go to dinner but keep your hands to yourself you know, I just wanted to tell you that. Keep your hands to yourself. So <laughs> you know, we go we go to the restaurant. And he said, no, the real reason why I called you to have dinner with you is because I want to write a book with you. And I was like, yo, you know what's funny? I was like, you know what's funny about that? Because I was just I was just talking to some people two days before that saying I wanted to write a book. You know, and wow. I got with this guy. Yeah. I, I got with this guy. We did the first six, seven pages. And he got with this lady named Barbara. And next thing you know, a year later, I'm getting calls about, hey, so uh, we got a, we got contracts for a major deal for y'all for this book, and that's how that all came about. Man, man, I heard I heard there was gonna be a movie made about him. Is there any truth behind that? Yeah, yeah, there's a movie being made right now. They just accept. Uh, um, they got all of the permission from like the. Uh, you know the people who hold all this money and the treasury and all that stuff. The people who uh, actually is like the estate. The state gave permission for him for them to do the movie and all that stuff. Because you know you got to go through a bunch of channels now to do stuff for Dirty. I don't because I got stuff that I had before. You know he uh-huh. had. I've, I've done work for him and he's done work for me. So it's not like they're gonna come to me and be like, "Hey, you can't do that, Buddha." I put away. Well, you know what? Ain't nobody gonna do nothing else if I can't do nothing. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I put in a lot of work. His kids and stuff, I was one of those to help his kids eat. His mother and me, right. him and his mother. Now, where was all of y'all at now? All of a sudden, y'all going to tell me I can't do something? Y'all crazy. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But me and Shaquita, his wife and everybody, the family we all love. So they, everybody liked the book. I mean, I didn't have, I had a couple, you know, one or two people say something, but not hundreds. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, but right, I had, right. but I had millions. I had, I have millions of viewers already tell me that the book is fantastic. I've got people who send. I've got over like 500 different pictures of people who having the book in their crib and they hand oh, it terrifically. You know, like sometimes I can't go on Facebook because I have so many emails of people telling me that they just got their book. They, they, this, oh my God, this this book is so good. I yeah, had to read yeah. it three times. 
times. Like, you got people who actually read the book three times, and it helped to inspire them how they want to do music and everything and not get caught by all of the games and treachery that was going right. on. I didn't, I didn't base the book on, on, on what happened to him with the drugs and everything. I based it on our everyday life together and what was it like going to the studio and going to, going with the kids and eating now later and cotton candy and what was the arguments yeah. like with the girlfriends and all of that as we was going to the studio. Why, how did we get away from them to go do this and them not act crazy on us when we get back? So, you know, I put all that in the book. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. wow, yeah, that's what's because up. I would get people telling me day by day in and day out, yo, what was it like with Dirty? So I kept saying to myself, instead of going to all these shows and somebody always asking me that question when I got to the show, let me just write a book about it and everybody don't have to ask those questions. Boom, there you go. Yeah, that's what's up, Buddha. And I had a question on, you came out on the, on the song Cream. Well, you were uncredited in that song, you were singing in that track? I was actually singing in that song. I was actually the one who all they did was give me they, they gave me shout out on the back of the album right next to S W V. Right next to S W V bro. That uh, that record has sold millions. I have not received a dime for it and I never went towards the four dime for it. They should have been but Riz when he seen me, Riz uh, asked me am I straight or whatever. At the time mm-hmm. I didn't know what it mean, but I guess it was him asking me if I need a check or I need some money. But you know what though? What's mine is mine. If you really love me, you would have just gave it to me without me having to ask you for it. You know? Right. So right. So but if y'all really notice I mean, everybody considers me a part of the Wu Tang. I consider myself a part of the Wu Tang, but mm-hmm. I don't consider my I don't consider my music a part of the Wu Tang because none of my albums have the Wu Tang symbol on it. Not one. Not one. Right, right. I put I put in the hard work and Dirty put the work in with me on the first album by doing one song that became a real big hit. You know what I'm saying? Right. As well as the movie being called a big hit. So it's amazing when somebody say, yo, your song was a big hit. I know, because it was on the big hit. So that's a double non-tondra for you. You know, like you sit there and you just be like, yo, one thing works one way and then it works another. But to have two of the words that mean the same thing and then prosper from it, it's, it's nothing but God's creation. You know, God creating a, a path for you to create your own self. So when I realized that it was a double double word for me, it was more like, you know what, when Dirty told me, yo, listen, I'm going to give you this ASR, and I want you to be bigger than RZA. I want you to produce, like, RZA's good. I want you to be even better. But he didn't mean it like RZA wasn't good. He just was giving me... Mm-hmm. You know, giving me his 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 guy his guidance as my king, my savior, Allah, to 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 keep striving and do better music, and that's what, you know, that's what that's what I did. Every time I touch every time I touch a track or I touch producing or I touch mic, I remember everything Dirty teaches me. Like it never leaves my mind, and like you can tell the difference when I'm on a song as opposed to people that I do songs with and they don't have that. You know, that stamina. Yeah, you can say, yeah, okay, yeah. Keith, you know, you know, like you hear a lot of people rap, but you know you got that one favorite dude on the song that you like because he's good and he's talented. But what he, uh-huh. but what he didn't understand what made him better than everybody else on the song is, was when he spoke, his words was clear. Every word was single. You can understand every single word. He didn't rush. He he had. He, it seemed like he had fun doing it, and then it seemed like he was mad at the world. Like he he, you're never supposed to sound hungry on a song. You're supposed to sound like you're giving the people the joy of knowing what life was about when you were rapping. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Word out. Yeah, for sure, right, right. Man. 
And, you know, I met that photographer. Um, two, two more questions before we wrap it up, uh, Buddha Monk, or three sure. more. Um, sure. the Daniel Hastings, the photographer for the Into the 36 and Raekwons. And uh, I heard he told me a story between the Brooklyn Zoo video with ODB and Raekwon for Cuban Links was the same day of of the uh, you know the shoot the photo shoot and the video was that was there some truth behind it he said that um odp went to the photo shoot and started talking shit to all the woo members telling y'all motherfuckers ain't shit this and that and none of the woo members yeah. said anything yeah 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 it's like bro they tried to they tried to put it in a way when it was method man and you got going through that but that was all everybody in the camp Everybody would go to somebody's stuff. It's Method Man and Ray Method Man and Ghost were like the humble ones who never really tried to air stuff out like that, you know. Right. But like, but like, like with Ghost Ray Kwan, you never heard Jizza really. You never really heard heard Masculine. But like Ghost Ray Kwan, and I mean Ray Kwan, Dirty, and a couple other people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely, definitely real because Dirty, there was times Dirty said, I'm better than all y'all. But wait a minute, Dirty, we wrote some of your rhymes. But that don't make you better than me. My rhymes sound better when I say it. They just didn't give a fuck. Okay, yeah, you wrote the rhyme, but who said it better? Right. right. Who put charisma? Who put charisma and style to it? Listen, they wouldn't even probably listen to this song if I wouldn't have said that little rip at the beginning of it. I'm the one that made it funny and sharp for them to want to listen to it. They probably would have stopped listening to y'all a long time ago. That was the shit. Dirty was just that nigga. Yo, he didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck. He said, one day I'm going to go on my own, and I ain't got to fuck with y'all niggas, and then y'all niggas going to see. All right, y'all keep acting like that. That was just dirty. Dirty. But you know what? He did a lot of that shit to boost the morale up in them. That would put battery packs in some of their backs to make them all unite like Voltron and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Right, so. right, right, right. You know? oh, what, so what else you got going on, Buddha? Uh, any projects coming up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing another album because I had got a uh, call from Eva Reese, which was my manager for the first, who actually got me the deal for the Prophecy album. And actually, the guy who gave me the deal, he got some new labels going on out in Europe and stuff. And so he reached out to her saying he wants to put my old album back out again. And on top of that, he wants to do some new stuff. So um, I'm doing that new album like. I'm giving it kind of the old stylist, but I'm adding some new stuff to it. I'm putting a little singing-type melodies to it and me really, really going crazy. I got um, I got Bushwick Bill on the album. Oh, um, Yeah, I got Bushwick Bill on the album. I got um, um, some of some of them Duck Down on the album, like um, Gerald Steele and Tech and all of them going to be on the album. Um, oh. I was um, – me and Sean Price – was about to, to to do the song God Bless the Dead just before he died. The, oh, um, wow. they, yeah, because I had already had the track together and we were supposed to got together, but he wound up passing. Um, and the the album is called the album is called uh, I Am Hip Hop. You know what I'm saying? Because I yeah. I'm just I just want to let everybody know what 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 hip hop is about. Cause like the diverse some of the verses I said, duck friends I need ends, flood street I need bends. We are and we win. You not so you in. Papa was a rolling stone, so in my bones we creep deep as you count sheep. Your house made of bricks. I'm that big bad wolf. Let me in, let me in. I'll blow your house down. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 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 So, so I'm going to yeah. make everybody get that woo type of element feeling again for one more good album. I'm talking about every single track being dope because I'm doing joints like I got this crazy beat and then I'm saying, um, I hear you bitching. It's not my problem. We live in this cold world. I got my own problems. I hear you bitching. It's not my problem. Get your money. Get your weight up and solve your own problems. You know, and that's the beat to it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the, and then I'm just rapping slow on them. It's the hook the man, cook the man. Yeah. Get slick with the slicker cans. You know, like, I didn't say that was words, but that's just how the beat, because the beat is like a dun, 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 down, down, wow. and then the bass just drop. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, Getting wild. Getting and wild. I, actually, yeah. I actually took it back to them two on the one that goes, can't stop, won't stop, rocking to the bullies, because uh, we get down, because uh, we get down, because uh, we get down. Zoo bullies in the place now. And, you know, so yeah. I'm doing joints like that. So, like, that kind of music is going to make everybody feel like when they hear it, they're going to be like, yo, it's like, man, like, like, yo, like, what we really want to hear in rap is like, yo, the ones that they keep, the underdogs always make that music that we're looking for. But the people who they look at all the time, they they, they suck. Their albums suck nowadays. They're like, yeah, I'm like, yo, how did you go from making beats and doing music like this to sounding like you suck on everything else? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, know? speaking, speaking, speaking of Doug Don, we just had a Rock This Monster this past Saturday. And he's you know, over there from Brooklyn. Boy. I was, yeah. I love him. To him. Death, though. I want to. I want to oh. get him on the joint. I got a joint for me and him to do too. You know what I'm saying? I got this joint called Hey Big Spender. Oh my <laughs> God. Yo, oh. I got this joint called B in the bad boy shuffling up the deck. ODB shuffling late. Woo crush. Hey Big Spender, drop a load on Trisha. Charlotte and Toya and the chick named Laura. Racks up the rack, they talk behind back. Stacks up the stack, they talk behind back. Now both is both to the chick saying, quote, they fly and driving. Trips for the rising. Big spending. Truck living. Wow. I can't even keep going. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. You know All right, Buddha. What, what, what can you be? A, a social medium. Social media, um, Buddha. Yeah, what can Instagram. We I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 Lord Buddha Monk. Lord, uh, no, it's Lord Buddha Monk Wu Tang Clan. Okay. Um, on, on, on Instagram. Um, on, on, on Facebook. It's um, Facebook backslash Monk Lohan M O N K L O H A N D. Or you could just type in Buddha Monk and you'll find me. I got two pages. I'm also I am Ellery Chambers. Cause I'm doing my R&B music soon, you know. I'm about to put out oh, a whole, uh, yeah. Cause you know I'm doing stuff. To, you know I'm I'm doing some crazy R&B stuff. Um, That's what's and, up. Um, also, you can find you can find me a lot of places. I don't do Snapchat and all that other stuff. Y'all can keep that. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Snapchat, <laughs> you keep it simple. Yeah, I'm actually about to put it on my shirt. Snapchat, you can keep that. I'm more yeah. like YouTube, I'm the dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 That's yeah, what yeah. my shirt goes to say. One side of my shirt goes to say Snapchat, you can keep that. YouTube, I'm the dude. You know? <laughs> and, and yeah. I'm going to promote it. I'm going to promote it. That's what you do because, like, I'm, I'm in places where it counts. I don't like to do all that other stuff. And, you know, like, women and everybody do what they bickering on Facebook and all that other stuff. I tell people I got a Facebook page, you know, but... Uh-huh. I like for people to reach me if they want to do music or something on there. I don't want to get on there and then they, I, like I hate when people say they want to be my friend and then they want to ask me questions about the Wu Tang. Listen, word, you're being word. very disrespectful. If you want to hit me on the on a direct 
message. I'm expecting you to say, hello, how you doing? What's up with your music? Not everybody else's music. I don't even answer them. Yeah. I just stop. I don't, I don't answer because it's stupid. Like, I mean, like, yeah, they want to know about OBB. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I, but I'm keeping it simple and short like that. Uh, Instagram, I do. Insta- well, you can. I, I put pictures on Instagram about things mm-hmm. I do, and um, I do. I do love. I do love. Um, I do love Facebook because I put face on Facebook. I be putting up you know, different types of foods and delicacies and stuff for people to eat, you know, like I've been putting up stuff. So, cause you know, people don't have a big vivid imagination of what they should be eating. And so I'll put stuff up to let them know like, Hey, you should try this. It's not, it doesn't cost much, but it's fulfilling, you know, and you can feed your whole family yeah. off it. Stuff like that. So, you know, you know, we yeah. got to help each other out because people don't, in their day life of dealing with, Dealing with the presidents and everybody and all the stuff that's going on, it's kind of hard to decide what you want to eat. So you know, I just I try to support the little food companies and stuff like that with with their little pictures and stuff that they put up, and then I you know I'll make some stuff and I'll show them a picture. Like, look, I actually went and did it myself. Look how it came out, and it tastes good. You know, stuff helping like that. I don't really get up there and try to promote. Oh, go to get my CD and go do this and do that because (laughs) because you know what? If you want to know something about me, most of the time you just type my name in it and come up, and then that's when y'all know that you're interested in me because my links tell me that you've been on my pages. Word up, word up. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up, Buddha. Um Bomba Cloud, you got any more any questions for uh for Buddha? Oh yeah, man. Just one um I was wondering what's your like uh what memories uh what's the best memory you have of of ODB like? Uh, anything meaningful or you know, something that Yeah, I mean I got the the best the best memory of O D B one day. He was getting high as hell. And um I was like, yo, it's like, yo, man, come on, let's just get out of here, bro, because, like, it's a beautiful day outside. So he's like, yeah, so that's what you want to do? I said, yeah. So we went up to Harlem, and he said, what are we going to get? I said, let's get some sushi. He said, nah, we're going back to Brooklyn. I know the better place in Brooklyn. I'm like, but we already here in Harlem. He's like, nah, we're going back to Brooklyn. So we went back to Brooklyn. <laughs> We get, we get all this sushi. So we sitting outside, and girls are screaming and everything. And he's like, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all bugging out? Don't you see me sitting here trying to have a private conversation? I'm human too. So I'm saying, oh, this nigga going crazy. So, so now we're sitting there, and I say to him, Dirty, I need to ask you a question. Because we've been on the road for a long time, baby. How long are you planning for us to do this? We're going to do this till we're 70 years old. <laughs> Bro, when he said wow. that, it stuck in my mind like, I got to be stuck with you till we 70? <laughs> and, he, and I said, when I said it to him, he looked at me, he looked at me, and he spit his food out, but his fudge came out and fell into the plate on top of his sandwich. Oh, wow. And all you see is little particles of missing teeth chipped on this one and that one. And I'm like, yo, bro, pick your gold teeth up and put them back in your mouth and then smile for the camera. That's crazy, man. Wow, yeah, that is crazy. Well, I remember, yo, bro, it's crazy. I, I've seen girls who done some of them, and she was like, listen, I want to do this with him, and while I'm doing it, can you take the picture of it? Sure, it's your thing. Go ahead. You want, you want, you want people to see his pecker in your mouth? Sure, go ahead. I'll take the picture. Back. <laughs> 
You know, <laughs> yo, I got mad pictures at my mom's crib, bro. I had to give the envelope to my mom's ceiling and say, Mom, just hold it. Don't ever give it to nobody. Because it's crazy, oh, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> bro, the stuff that I've seen, bro, like 40 girls standing outside his hotel door just to have sex, bro, all the way to the elevator. And he just making them come and leave. Hit this girl and had sex with her, made her leave. He didn't even do nothing. And then the last girl said, oh, there, I don't want to have sex. I just want to see it. And the girl saw and she passed out. And bow, hit the ground. And this nigga, instead of calling the ambulance or somebody to help her, guess what he does? He grabs her by the feet. He grabs her by the feet and drags her, at, drags her to the elevator and then leaves her and goes back in his room and shut the door and turn the music on and start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> now I didn't give y'all one. I gave y'all two good ones of dirty. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah. Could, you, no could you imagine? Could you imagine a six-hour show of telling stuff about dirty? I was yeah, yeah. I'll have you laughing forever. He's crazy. He's crazy. Yo, but above all, he was respected in the music. He was respected in the gods of the nation. Uh, uh, he was respected in the nation of Islam. You know, of the gods no of earth. And one yeah. thing I want everybody to understand, he was always serious about his mathematics and teaching teaching the babies mm-hmm. and everything. He was definitely, Dirty was one of them people that was definitely with the babies because you know the story about him pulling the baby out of the car and all that. You yeah, know, so, yeah, yeah. you know, and so, so like, I just want everybody that the stuff that I gave you was not to be like, yo, he's a psychopath, crazy dude. He was just fun. Wow. He was energetic. Like, every time you see mm-hmm. him, you saw the word living. You didn't see the word yeah. dead. And even with all the fun he had at him passing, I know he's still having fun just knowing that he got away with half the stuff he did. <laughs> right, for sure. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. 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 Thank man. you for your time, though. Look, man, listen, thank you. If you want to ever talk again and have more stuff to talk about, bro, listen, I'm always available for the radio. I'm always available to speak to my people. I want to really, really, truly bless bless y'all for having me on your show, man, and a lot mm-hmm. to God. Anytime you need me, man, don't ever afraid, be afraid to pick the phone up for anything because I'm not one of those rappers that stuff up. I'm stuck to the people that love us. Oh, word, man. Thank appreciate much, it. Man. Appreciate thank it, Buddha. Much. Because we're definitely going to have to do it again because I have some other questions, but, yeah, <laughs> we're definitely going to do it again. Yeah, no just, just set it up. We do part two next week or the week after. It don't matter. You, whenever you need me, holler. I'm here. You understand? Right, I'm, even, I'm even available on Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. Yo, y'all have a good right. holidays, man. Yo, you, you too, too sir. You too, sir. Peace. All right. All right. Peace. All right. One. One. one.